0: I'm being honest, for years I thought that this fanfare was part of John Williams' score. You may take Captain
1: Solo to Jabba the Hut after I have Skywalker. He's no good to me dead. He will not be permanently damaged. What's going on, buddy? You're being put into cop and freeze. What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. The Empire will compensate he dies.
0: Put him in. Welcome to Max and Jason Watch a Movie. And this is going to be a special episode. Uh, uh, I released one of these earlier called The Meanderings, and that's what this is, The Meanderings. Jason and I just picking a topic or two or letting a topic or two find us and us holding forth wisely on this topic. This week on The Meanderings, uh, we're going to tackle the upcoming The Book 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 of Boba Fett. Sidebar. Boba Fett makes his first appearance in the Star Wars universe, perhaps non-canonical, in 1978. The place, the infamous Star Wars holiday special, about which, the less said, the better. He makes his first film appearance in 1980 in The Empire Strikes Back as one of the bounty hunters on the deck of the Executor, Darth Vader's Star, Star Destroyer. And was played mainly by the British actor Jeremy Bullock. The character's origin was fleshed out by the Star Wars prequel films and has, and several of the animated series and expanded universe comics and novels. He's now been played by, well, you'll hear about that in a moment. So endeth the sidebar. This is by the team that brought us The Mandalorian. A lot of uh, directorial alums join us from that. Stars. So far, what we know is that it stars Tamura Morrison as the eponymous hero of the of the piece. I guess hero. Anti-hero, maybe, of the piece. Boba Fett. Uh, Ming-Na Wen as Finnick Shand, his, uh, his bounty hunter buddy. And the only other bit... On the top build cast that I can find, and I'm really excited about this. Um, I'm about to put my leg warmers on. Jennifer Beals, who is a Twilight in the uh in the show.
1: We can assume and hope that she had the time of her life making this. Let's let's hope so. Let's hope so.
0: Jason, what was your reaction to the
1: trailer? Um, I I I my reaction was very, very positive about it. Uh, I it, it looks a lot in content and style like The Mandalorian. And I I I think there's a lot to be excited about. I mean, I think that uh, I, I guess if people haven't seen the the Mandalorian and how it came to to uh, uh, came in for a landing at the end of uh, season two, you know, I don't know if we want to spoil that, but this this is a a spinoff, I guess. Yeah.
0: Well, this is one of many spinoffs that seem to be happening. I have to say, my reaction to it was is sort of a continuation of my reaction to the introduction of Boba Fett from Mandalorian season two. I I have to say, I have to admit, audience, I didn't notice. In my youth, watching the original trilogy—that's to say, episodes four, five, and six—what a phenomenal chump Boba Fett is in the series. But J- Jason pointed this out to me in his in his fairly prescient criticism of Return of the Jedi. Which audience? Jason loved Return of the Jedi, but he had some complaints, and they yes. are—I I have to say—he won me over to this case in a way that he's he struggled to win me over uh, uh, about Indiana Jones and and The Last Crusade,
1: but. <laughs> I I I watched I I I all these years thought I was I was wearing you down. I waffle,
0: I waffle. And that's a, that's a conversation for another time, but Boba Fett uh looks cool in Empire Strikes Back and looks cool in Return of the Jedi. But he is taken out by sitcom husband Han Solo in Return of the Jedi in a bit of comedic pratfallery that just doesn't fit, I don't think, in the film. So we have this build up for this total badass of a character and he goes out like a keystone cop. Jason Jason's always complained about this. And, And once he pointed this out to me, I've always complained about it. So I've always wanted either fans to admit that Boba Fett was a total chump or I wanted somebody to give us a real Boba Fett. And I thought the Mandalorian gave us an amazing interpretation of Boba Fett.
1: Well, I mean, not only Boba Fett, but actually leaned into the entire idea behind the Mandalorian idea because the the, the term Mandalorian armor does go back a long way. I'm not sure, you know, exactly when it it started. I want to say that it did start at the time of Empire Strikes Back, that that that, that was just kind of one of those random terms that had been kind of thrown out because, you know, there there was always these, these terms Terms that, that George Lucas was coming up with, quite frankly, in his original screenplay for Star Wars in the first place, that he was always coming up with these these names and, and, and this kind of, I don't want to say language, because that gives him a little too much credit, but... but ah, I'm sure there's been lots of fiction novelizations over the years that have kind of fleshed it out, but the primary canon timeline has really kind of not dealt with the Boba Fett story except in the prequels, uh, which many fans were not satisfied with. And it and it was really the Mandalorian series that finally started to kind of explore that universe. And this is just a continuation of that.
0: Yes, it's true. Uh, I want to I want to correct the record here a little bit. the The real work of exploring. The Mandalorian culture gets done in the Clone Wars show, um, which I think should be required viewing for all Star Wars fans. But the the behind the, on that Jason is behind on that. Uh, I I I regret this because it's some of the best Star Wars storytelling prior to the Mandalorian that that I've seen in in years. I think uh, I, I've said a lot of times you could take the Clone Wars and replace all of Attack of the Clones with that and take it right up to the third act of of revenge of the sith and that could that should have been your your middle piece of the original the prequel trilogy but they do a lot of work of building the mandalorians and their importance and their kind of warrior culture because when we meet them in the in the in the mandalorian show the mandalorians are kind of a broken, scattered, almost sectarian people. There are different branches of Mandalorian culture. Right. And so one of the things, so so, you, you're, so before we get into that, your reaction to the trailer is, ready to see it, ready to dive in.
1: Uh, I'm, it's very positive. It's basically from the same production team that does The Mandalorian. Yep. This is not, this is not a, a, a branch of the series that's been handed off to other people. It's the same music composer, same producers, and in many cases, the same directors.
0: Yeah, Robert Rodriguez, Bryce Dallas Howard, yes. I think Fioloni, and I think even Jon Favreau is going to come back and direct, has, has come back and directed an episode. So, I mean, I, it's in the can, so I mean, because uh, it comes out, well, most of it's got to be in the can because it comes out in December, right? Yes. And so I was taken by how rich the costumes and the production values are in this. I mean, I feel like I'm back in, in, in that galaxy far far away with this trailer. One of the things that that I I, I watched a few YouTube videos about each Easter eggs in the in the trailer and there's some interesting ideas that a lot of really dedicated Star Wars fans have about how the Mandalorian and this show are going to be about the power vacuums that exist in this galaxy now that the Empire has fallen and there's there's the governmental power vacuum of course uh which is going to give which is going to allow the first order to rise much later in in this continuity right but then there's also the underworld power vacuum that was Sort of set atop by the huts, and Luke and Leia destroyed that. And so now there's these warring factions. And the, the whole point of the of of this uh Boba Fett show seems to be about how he's gonna try and fill that vacuum and bring some order to the underworld of the galaxy.
1: Did you get that from the trailer? I did very much so. In fact, I mean um the, the, the huts are mentioned uh, mm-hmm. in 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 one of the little moments, and uh yeah, I I I also kind of felt that they're gonna lean into a lot of the the kind of disorganized chaos political chaos yeah and maybe lean into that even a little bit more than the mandalorian did i
0: i think so i think so because one of the things that has to happen in these situations and you see this in in real life where these governmental power vacuums happen lawlessness spikes and there's there's profit to be made in in underground systems and, and in black markets right because right. the law enforcement can't reach and there's even a little nod to it there's a scene where Boba Fett's helmet gets rolled across the ground and it spills out. I think both Republic and new government credits uh, and, and imperial credits spill out. So there's sort of this, there are places where imperial credits still re- reign and then there's the, the new credit system, right? So right. so it, it, it's I like that they're kind of leaning into that. There's also some speculation though, that that Boba Fett is going to do some justice for the Tuscans who have sort of been sidelined and relegated to almost Fremen status, you know, outskirt forced to the outskirts of Tatooine when they used to they used to run the place, right? They mentioned that in uh in The Mandalorian. And so because, because we know, we know that Boba Fett has lived among the Tuscans. He carries a gaffy stick, he has a Tuscan rifle, he dresses like a Tuscan for the most part, except for his scarred up bald head, which I have to assume is a product of the acids of the Sarlacc. So so I really like that they're diving into this, but I think that this is going to be pretty much an underworld story. I don't think we're necessarily going to get a lot of the characters from Mandalorian in it. I mean, the Mandalorian might pop up in it because they owe each other favors. You know, there's some duty of honor between Boba Fett and the Mandalorian. We'll probably get the Carl Weathers character, Grief, in it because that's his milieu. That un- he's Grief is sort of right on the edge of shady space in, in our galaxy far, far away.
1: Yeah, well, um, um, it's very interesting because um, I think television, especially shows like this, are done very differently than they were, you know, in an earlier period. There were earlier uh, earlier periods where you would have characters and crossover series, but those were very kind of episodic in character or in nature the and the week kind of stuff. Right. And and so um you just mentioned that this was in the can. It is in the can. They have wrapped filming. It's done. This is not something where, you know, like like the original Star Trek or or even uh, uh, shows, you know, 20 or 30 years ago where, the, you know, you're constantly producing episodes. I, I think that a lot of these series are now shot, <laughs> as was said, during the making of the Marvel uh, shows, the recent Marvel shows, where they're basically filmed like movies and then uh, as very long movies and then they're just kind of divided up up into episodes. But if there is any crossover appearances from The Mandalorian, it's something that is that is very much planned. It is not something that is going to just kind of be a, a knee-jerk kind of you know, let's have Mando guest star in this one. Yeah, 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 no it's... it's. So, so that's how television has changed.
0: Yeah. Well, the other thing too that I, I have to say that I just had this thought, these shows and, and other premium channel shows are kind of filmed in the BBC way where you'll have like a like a four or five episode story arc that the that the that they want to tell, and then then the next season is the next story arc in the show, right? Like with uh, say Sherlock Holmes, or there are other shows that are like that where they they
1: it's not episodic. No, uh, by saying BBC, you're absolutely right. And actually, the BBC was doing that as early as the sixties because even the first few Doctor Who series with the first Doctor are done in that way. Yeah. So absolutely, that's uh, I think that's totally accurate.
0: I think that I think that that's that's very good for these kinds of characters. That way, you don't get kind of this uh, boredom creep that can happen in 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 episodic television. You know, villain of the week is fun, but you do need some kind of hook to keep viewers coming back. Totally agree. And so, I mean, that that's sort of the problem with a show like No audience member listening will probably remember this. I don't think maybe our friend Jason will remember this, but this is a problem of a show like Buck Rogers. You know, it it doesn't go anywhere it's always this it's it's always some kind of and by buck rogers i mean the gill Gil Gerard. Gil Gerard uh, show, not the old serials. But the show doesn't go anywhere. It sort of spins in that same space. Or another show we might think of, uh, The Fall Guy, you know, uh, about the the unknown stuntman. But it doesn't go anywhere, right? So these shows uh, are very much almost like novels in that they have a a definite story that they want to tell. Yes. And uh, and this story really intrigues me because I like, I I kind of like, this was sort of expanded on in the Clone Wars show in a way that it, it hasn't been. In the movies, and it was it was sort of expanded on in the solo movie as well. I I'm intrigued by the underworld of our galaxy far, far away. It's peopled with a lot of crazy and interesting sex and bands. There, sorry, I stuttered. It's very likely that in his bid to unify the the underworld as a Don Corleone of of space, Boba Fett is going to run into Han Solo's lady love from the movie Solo. Oh. And and interestingly, something that uh, one of these videos that I've revealed about the Easter eggs, there was a sect of the Mandalorians that that threw their lot in with Darth Maul, okay. and one of those people is the is the uh, blacksmith. Her helmet has horns on it, which yeah. which is the which is what the Mandalorians who allied themselves with Darth Maul did to their helmets. They they put these horns on their helmets to imitate the horns on his head. Oh,
1: so she's okay.
0: so she's a and and that that's also its own gang and like. Maul tried to do what Boba Fett's going to try and do in this, and that's the other thing about power vacuums that that the show seems to kind of want to lean into. Java displaced uh, people to get where he was. He was displaced by the by Leia and and Luke. And then he was replaced by his assistant, right, with the with the weird uh the long uh, tentacles on his head. And then Boba Fett has displaced him, and so you know this is a very perilous place that Boba Fett wants to put himself in. You know, uh, this place of underworld power where frontier law sort of rules. I just really like the idea. I think it's going to be a really exciting series. What are your thoughts so far? I mean, do you have any thoughts? Uh, any, anything that sings out to you? Not
1: not specifically. Just a, a, at first glance, it. it it, it seems to be just an expansion of the, the really quality storytelling that we got from The Mandalorian, which was a, a bit deceptive in, in how it was rolled out in that it seemed that it was going to be an episodic kind of thing, which we were just talking about. But then it didn't turn out to be that. It turned out to be kind of a two-season self-contained story. Not that the series is over. No, there's another, no, no, I think they're already, they're working on. They're already working on another one. But those first two seasons are definitely a story with a beginning and an end. Yeah. And one could have watched the first season as I did and thought, oh, well, this is just, this is the Rifleman. Yeah. This is just, uh, and, and which, I, which was very pleasing to me, just that in itself. But as it turned out, it was a, a, a story that was a journey with a beginning and a middle and an end. Yes. And I, I would say that I, I expect more of, um, not, not more of the same, but more of that style. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I'm very excited about it.
0: Well, I, I did think that the, the neat thing about The Mandalorian is that you could almost drop into this show at any episode. It's a very, it's a, it's almost, I don't know if anybody will get this, but it's almost like a Jim Shooter edited comic book. Reader has to be able to jump in at any issue. So you have to lay out the ground rules at the beginning of the issue. And so, so, and so, so you got to catch the reader up right away. And, And I thought that The Mandalorian was particularly good at being both a show that any viewer could drop into in the middle of and be fine, but it also, every episode, Episode was moving along this subtle plot, yes, and so that was really cool. And I think I I do think we're going to get the same kind of thing with this. Now, a few Easter eggs that I want to bring up. I've already mentioned the the Boba Fett. The, sorry, the Mandalorians who are allied with Darth Maul, and uh, we've talked a little bit about uh, Solo, uh, Han Solo's lady love, who uh, fans really want to see return. And folks, I'm a defender of Solo, a Star Wars story. I I like the movie. I don't know what people are upset about. Writers Jonathan Kasdan, Lawrence Kasdan. And, uh, George Lucas, maybe not. But uh, you got you got Ron Howard directing. I liked it, but I think Emily, Emily Clark plays Kira. And yeah. she, and she is somebody that fans want to see come back. And she sort of becomes the leader of this gang, right, at the end of the movie. So we've mentioned her. But at the beginning of the trailer for the Book of Boba Fett, there's this little spider creature that we see walking along
1: the... I noticed that, yeah.
0: And do you remember where we first saw that creature? Um, Return of the Jedi, I believe. It's in Return of the Jedi. And and Jabba the Hutt apparently took over this this uh, this facility that housed these monks that for some reason thought that the key to understanding life was to just live these lives of thought. And they the, this robotic spider has a monk's brain in a, a vat, right? So these are just brains in a vat that just kind of wander around. They don't do anything but wander around and think. And so right. Jabba likes the location, I guess. And this is this is this is from like book lore, I guess, and maybe it happened in comic books. I don't know where this comes from but but this is something that several star wars uh phds agreed upon so java just moved in he doesn't he doesn't do anything with these spider creatures and they don't do anything with him they just they can't defend it they don't even necessarily know he's there because uh they're just living these lives of pure thought so they so they're around his 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 base his lair but it is it is his seat of power and you can see why he might like it it's got a it commands quite a view it looks quite defendable um but uh but so i thought that was interesting. I'm trying to think of any other Easter eggs that there were in the uh, the show. Now they've definitely polished up and updated Boba Fett's costume, but they keep a lot of elements. It looks aged. It's 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 got that uh, lived-in future look that Lucas pioneered, um, yes. and and it's got the dent in the forehead that a lot of people are hoping they explain in this series how the dent in the
1: forehead of the of the of the Boba Fett costume. So right. an interesting question or a uh, you know just maybe. Not a prediction, but a question or, or something to think about. Do you think that we'll see some uh, flashbacks that will uh, provide some backstory? Because, well, you're just talking about the armor and how some of these things happen. Um, will this series lean into flashbacks? I
0: wonder if it will, because I'll tell you what, something else that happens in Clone Wars, the, the show, is we do get some episodes with Boba Fett as a young bounty hunter trying hmm. to cut... In cutting his teeth in the trade and being, you know, quite good at his craft, he's not wearing the armor, but he is developing these relationships and he does demonstrate himself to be a good team builder, a good leader. So I wonder if we might not see some flashbacks. Uh, I, I would, I would welcome them. I, I don't want the book of Boba Fett to turn into the young Indiana Jones chronicles, but with Boba Fett necessarily, because I don't want, I don't, I don't actually want to know too much about Boba Fett. I like some mystery, okay. some things I would like to know. Uh, I'd like to know how he got out of the Sarlacc pit I'd like to know about his connection to the Sand People I'd sort of like to know his connection to Finnick that's her name but I'm not I don't need those all in this season I would just like to I would like to see some of that
1: I'm sure a lot of it will be
0: played out for us yeah
1: before our eyes before our very eyes anything else anything else you got Uh, that's all I got for right now I you know I mean I'm 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 curious Um, I think that like the Mandalorian we just have to wait and see and watch it unfold absolutely so in my travels,
0: uh, I want to I want to plug a film, but a series I just started on Netflix, which was the Fear Street series, which is a horror series based on a series by R.L. Stein. And I watched it just because I wanted something brainless to put in and not think about as I downed an entire bottle of cheap red wine. And I was surprisingly enthralled with the film. Uh, the first film in the series, which is Fear Street, 1994, and it sort of captures the 90s and, and the slasher film in kind of a fun way. And I, I was starting the uh, second film, which is 1978. Um, now, the 70s are a very dim memory to me, but it did seem to be trying to capture that era as well. And these are light... From what I can tell, they're fairly light material. You're not going to walk away thinking, oh, this has solved every existential riddle that has plagued my life. But I I found that the heroines and heroes of the film were were fairly charming and kind of fun. And the first episode actually obeyed Stephen King's great edict of horror films, which is, well, I've modified it. Almost anybody can die at any time. Have you watched anything recently that you think audiences need to see? That we're uh, not not something that we're going to cover on the show
1: though. Uh, i I would strongly recommend this is a cult classic in, in my Halloween viewing. Uh, I saw an old uh, Peter Cushing Christopher Lee movie called Horror Express that was shockingly good. and and i would I would argue to anyone that is uh, that that wants to dive into it that is uh, was very much a inspiration for later horror directors, especially john Carpenter. it's It's really, really well done. And holds up very well. I was I was very pleased and mildly surprised at how how effective it, it was. It was from 1972.
0: Anything pre 2000s with Christopher Lee that inspires uh, uh, enjoyment is always a mild, at least a mild surprise. True. Um, so all right. So that's that's going to be it for the meanderings. Join us next week when we do a deep dive into the the new iteration of Dune. A film based on the book series that probably did a little more than just inspire George Lucas to write his own science fiction epic. Folks, if you like this, let us know. Uh, Reach out to me on the Supper Test on Twitter. Uh, Share us with all your friends. Share us on the social medias. The Twitters, the Facebooks, the wherever you you share shit. And uh, we'll catch you on the next Meanderings. Bye-bye! The Rifleman? He said that this Mandalorian, the Mandalorian reminded him of the Rifleman, right? I heard that right. Uh, The Rifleman ran from 1958 to 1963 and starred the amazing Chuck Connors. Uh, I don't know how the Rifleman, I don't know how anybody born after 1970 could be reminded of the Rifleman. My dad might be reminded of the Rifleman. Jason's dad might be reminded of the Rifleman. But us, people our age, doesn't make much sense.